All right, guys. Welcome, everybody, for joining me, Tony the Kid, here on the Reject Rundown Podcast. This episode is another Let's Talk About It. This episode's titled Glenn Slam. Now, old man RJ, say what's up to the fans because I cannot do a Let's Talk About It without you at all in the booth. What's up? Hello, Rejects. This is old man RJ. Not good old RJ, which is actually battling uh, skin cancer at the moment. So, prayers to you, uh, RJ. You know, Jim Ross been a heck of a commentator, and I want to hear you back on, on the team soon. Yeah, definitely. Have to agree with old man RJ there. Hope you well wishes, of course, and want you back on board so that way you can enlighten us at all fun things that happen on the booth, especially when watching wrestling. You know what I mean? You can't watch wrestling without a good old man, a good RJ, good old RJ on board so that way he gives us the spectacular or JR. Am I see? Look at me. I, you got you got me all discombobulated with the names and stuff like that, old man. But damn. But yeah, I agree with you. Can't do. Can't can't listen to the can't listen to wrestling without Jr. You know, somehow Jr. brought you on board to kind of get you excited for wrestling. Am I right? Yeah, I I agree, man. Especially when I was both like as a kid growing up. Every time I hear Jr. like commentate any match, he just knew how to excite you to it, like. Just his voice elevation, the way he he made you feel like it was real, like everything that was happening right there. And even when things were actually happening that weren't supposed to, you could see it in him. Like like when Foley fell off, you know, he's like, you know, OMG, OMG, you know, he just they just killed a man, you know. And it's just like, dang, yeah, <laughs> like wow, this is interesting. So yeah, that's- exactly. That's the thing about Jr. Is he knew how to. He knows how to build you up into the emotion of what's going on in the ring, and that that's something that's missing within a lot of commentators on the other end of the other company. You know, like Jr. Right now in AEW, he's doing it in AEW. You're getting good matches with him, Shivani there, and other commentators that are along with them. Right. And right. Hopefully, Jerry the King Lawler joins AEW because I'd love to hear JR and Jerry the King Lawler talk back and forth like they used to. I agree. Now, here's my thing, though. I, I think, well, I, we'll get into that later. I think we'll share that topic to let's talk about it. But that's a pretty dope concept to kind of discuss when it comes to the, the commentating crew on AEW. So that I believe we should be adding something like that. I, I want to save that question for uh, a later time for me and you, old man. I think we'll, we'll discuss this topic on hand and kind of bring up a little episode about that. But, of course, as always, guys, and let's talk about it. So we have three things and three topics alone to discuss a few stuff with you guys and what we hear. in the. So yeah. our topics today are like an elevated chicken wing. Sub- first slam. Uh, I don't... I, Again, oh, again, guys, listen. I'm not the one that brings up this stuff. All man RJ brings these things up. I don't know why, but you know, it is what it is. So, I just <laughs> all I do is just read the topics. Uh, I just read the definition of the glance land. Right, right. There you go. Let's do it. All right, guys. First thing on board, everybody. WWE 2K22 is to bring back the GM mode. Oh, man, RJ, how excited are you for that? Oh, it's about downtime. Oh, man, I've been waiting for this. 
for me to be able to manage wrestlers again in a video game. But not just that, I'm hoping that if WWE does this correct, 2K, listen to me, man. Make it co-op GM mode. I want to be able to create a GM mode, build my raw superstar team up, and face off against some of the kids on the team and beat them in ratings every week. Hmm. You okay. can have Roman Reigns, you can have his table, you know. I'm going to have Batista bombing the living crap out of Triple H Monday through Tuesday, Tuesday through Friday. I don't care. He's going to be doing that. He's going to be winning titles. He's going to be winning ratings. I'm going to have RKO's. I'm going to have diamond cutters. I'm going to have cookie cutters. I'm going to have it all. <laughs> I need to do <laughs> All right, sounds good. I mean, I, I guess you could say it's it's a, it's a good thing. You know, I would have to agree with you on that aspect of it. Um, as always, enlighten me on the GM mode. I don't, when did this come on board? And what wrestling entity and game-wise was this first introduced to the fans? I think the first one, if I'm right, was either SmackDown vs. Raw Part 1, mm-hmm. and it was already introduced by Part 1. Okay. Or it was introduced in part two. And the uh, concept of GM mode was you would either face your best friend and okay. you both would, like, you know, your friend would come over to your house and he'll, like, he gets to, uh, they would do a draft. So you would go first and then him. And the best part of this was, you know, let's say if I want to take her, but I already had to pick Brock Lesnar first because of how big his name is. Right. So I get Brock. Not knowing if you're gonna either take take her or not. So you see how like crazy jam mode is is trying to play strategy against your own friends. Okay. All right. Not and bad. then once you do that, you had to book matches and you had to make sure your wrestlers are happy on your brand mm-hmm. and that wrestlers are keeping fans. Okay. So something like that was crazy because at the end of the year the results would come in and which brand would win and it's either you or your friend. The other part was either if you didn't face the comp- uh, your friend, you could also do GMO against computer and that was also interesting to play. Got you. Okay. Not bad. I mean, not bad at all. I would have to say never really got into that knowing that mode, but that sounds interesting, especially nowadays to say the least where a lot of characters know in wrestling like we do oh man, that there are a lot of wrestlers that we can, instead of putting them and being them wrestlers themselves, put them as a general manager. Am I right? As a particular characters. And this, my opinion, not to dog any races or, you know, be sexism in this aspect, but there are some female wrestlers that you can use greatly as a general manager who could be utilized as a general manager. So in this case scenario, this helps just kind of intrigue that idea a little bit more. But even then, some of the male figures on the wrestling aspect of it, like like you said, Roman Reigns, you brought his name up. For so long, we always wanted him to have a general manager speak for him, right? Oh, no, no, but, you get it wrong. General oh. manager is not that. General manager is like, let's say, okay. Oh, you're I'm talking Eric about Bischoff. like... Like the commissioner and stuff like that type of thing for the shows, like how they did back in the day. Yes. Oh, it's well, okay. All right. That's that's a different idea. All right. Well, that's fine. 
<laughs> no, uh, the general manager, you could actually get managers on your show and you could put wrestlers under that manager. Like, you okay. were in charge of running the entire show. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was to just, um, like, let's say you want to prove that you could put on a better show than your friend or the computer and their game. So that's yeah. what general manager mode was for a lot of us. It was just being able to compete and have, like, the wrestlers and put them in matches. Like, you could have Rocky Stone Cold and you had to build their matches up. So you couldn't just have them face each other Monday through Monday. You had to put them in tag team or uh, have Rock go out there after a match and face Stone Cold and fight him, you know, stuff like that, like build up their pay-per-view. Uh, that's the ideal of general managers. The best part would be if you could... Now that your friend, you know, you could play with your friend online and stuff like that, you don't have to worry about them coming to your house uh, whenever they can just to build their team. Like every night or every day, you could just like turn on the TV, go book your uh, pay-per-view, book your wrestlers, book your rivalries. And that's the fun part is like you have to build this stuff up like crazy, like. Like you, you know, you're a Roman Reigns fan. So if you have the head of the table, you have to, uh, one, keep him happy, but two, build rivalries that will make the fans want to watch your show. Or if not, you're going to be still losing ratings to your uh, general manager opponent. Right. So that, that was a concept. I always liked playing that because it was always cool to see how I did against, uh, normally it was me against the computer and no matter like how big my matches were, there was one time where I literally had to have uh, Hulk Hogan against Ultimate Warrior just to like get a big rating against the computer. And I did something bad where I made the computer like I took all the good wrestlers from the computer. Yeah. And I gave them some rarely weak superstars and only one mega superstar. I think I gave them just to be petty. I think I gave them uh, Kevin Nash. I'm not too <laughs> sure. But, you know, I was like, I could go on without Kevin Nash. Even though I wish I would have kept Nash. And Nash becomes champion. And their show beats me with only uh, Nash versus William Regal, I believe. Mm-hmm. That was their main event, like, constantly. And I was like, you're beating me with Nash and Regal. And that match is getting five stars. And I was like, dang. Not bad. So that's, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep explaining. No, that's what I was going to say. Like, that's pretty much it. That's the idea of it. Gotcha. Okay. Not bad. There's some growing things you can add on to it. A good aspect. Not sure. I never really got into it myself. But, you know, I can see the hype. I could definitely see the hype for it. Um, hopefully, they can kind of keep adding more features like this going forward from past features that may have things brought up that were cooler. So, I, I like it. I like the idea of it, man. I like the idea a lot. Thank you, thank you. No problem, no problem. On to the next oh, topic. No. Uh, Go, ahead. Go ahead, yes. Sure. I was going to say, yeah. it's actually coming back. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's not me saying, hey, bring it back. No, it's actually, it's coming back. <laughs> that's well, yeah, what I'm happy right. about. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely good for the fans. So, all right, well, uh, next thing. Seth Rollins, of course, everybody, gets attacked by a fan on Raw. That just happened this past Monday. It was all over social media. Everyone's going butt crazy talking about it. The fan himself got in trouble, you know. But how crazy was it to see it, old man? I finally watched what happened. I think from uh, 
not much of it, though. I only saw pictures of it, so I didn't watch the whole thing. But I saw how Rollins, like, got him into a headlock right away. So, uh, so you know, I told, like I said before, these wrestlers, they're not slouchers, you know. They, they do know how to fight. And uh, when this guy went to attack him, of course, Rollins, you know, he got speared, but Rollins caught him into a headlock. It was like, dude, you know, you were lucky he just got to the headlock and just held you there. Imagine what else could have happened. I've seen fans who try to attack other wrestlers before. I, a fan who attacked Stone Cold and Triple H beat him out like crazy. Right. So, one thing for sure is, one, uh, security has to get tougher and you need more security in these buildings, especially at the bottom area. If not, they're going to have to start doing, uh, putting up what they call those barricades, you know, like those giant uh, mirror things to block people from jumping over. Right. What about you? I mean, that makes sense. Uh, well, I mean, let's put it this way. Wrestling has always been that weird, you know, type of situation where fans would just jump on board into the ring and wrestlers took upon themselves as far as showing discipline. Am I right? Um, mm-hmm. One one incident happened with Triple H uh, where a fan jumped in. I think with him and Stone Cold were wrestling with each other or if I'm not mistaken, tag teaming for each other. And Triple H was beating the bejesus out of that particular fan. Um, again, Bret Hart, same thing happened to him during his Hall of Fame speech, which I think that was planted. I don't think that was just a general fan. I think that was Vince McMahon put put a fan out there. Just my opinion. Um, but in that no, case, actually, you know, that guy he got beaten up pretty bad too. Right, exactly. There, there a bunch of you know when that happened and they were grabbing him, uh, he basically was getting whooped down by a bunch of other people too, such as uh, that were kind of around the ring that kind of just jumped in there. I think most of it was really uh, the family to Bret Hart, if I'm not mistaken. And no, um, okay. Keep correcting me as I'm talking. Keep correcting me as I'm talking. I want to clear it out. Ronda Rousey's husband was punching on him. Who? So was uh, Ronda Rousey's husband. He was punching on him. That's an MMA fighter punching you. Um, you had, of course, his uh, nephew, British Bulldog Jr., punching him. Uh-huh. And you had somebody from the FTR knock him out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I have no, I don't, I have no idea. I have no idea to who the hell the heck those guys are. But thank you for that. Uh, so yeah, he's getting beat up in, in that case scenario, and that makes weird sense as far as you know this case where you could feel Seth Rollins holding back, where he could have done more, but he held back and pretty much let whoever grabbed him grab them, and kind of still, if you really watched it too as well, you kind of saw him kind of bring out the heatedness in his brain, like kind of kept it, I guess, in the mindset of, you know, with the gimmick, like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, ah, they got you. You thought you were, ha, 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 configuring the sense that it was going to hit media like that. So, you know, I, I would, I would definitely recommend a high security a little bit more depending on the location, but this action tends to happen. So it's not really a surprise, nor will it be an incident where it may not ever happen again. It's going to happen again. So it's just one of those case scenarios where it happened. And, it, you know, good thing that Seth Rollins held back a little bit. But 
I think uh, in, in other wrestlers, it probably would have been a lot worse for the guy, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, the, imagine trying to go after Brock Lesnar in that type of situation. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Bobby Lashley, I mean, you're not going to go after either of those two guys. Bobby Lashley is also another MMA fighter, too. So trying to go after a guy like that is going to be, you know, you're actually going for a death wish right there or even Brock Lesnar himself. Right. So, yeah, dude, I, I think sometimes people just, you know, you either had too many drinks or in this guy's case, I guess he was getting smuggled by a fake account and he took it out on the real guy. And it's like, you know, one, you should have, there had, you know, if you were getting smuggled, you should have called the FBI first and said, hey, this has happened to me. And, you know, I'm losing a lot of money because of this. Yes, I agree. So it just, it's weird. I don't know. It's a weird scenario, weird case incident. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a short period of time. But gladly, I think afterwards, they're showing a lot of videos of the guy walking up the walking up the ramp and, you know, in displease. He was kind of like this young, I, I don't know how old he looked. I, I really don't. But I think he's 24. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird. Just definitely weird. So. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. I want to give this guy more of a limelight than anything, but I'm just happy that Seth Rollins kind of held back and knowing that he was being watched by well, tons of media, and I think that really kind of clicked in his head. So I think that's the restraint that he held, and I'm, I respect that part. I know for a fact, uh, what's it called? Becky Lynch was very worried about him because there's a video of clip of that too as well where she's kind of looking out at, at where the lights and the entrance is uh, for the arena or when it comes for a wrestler to come on board where she's looking at him and checking to make sure he's good, but the referees are kind of coming out of there, you know, checking on him too as well. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. I think that the good thing is that they, they knew that they were being watched and they, they just held back as much as they wanted to. Otherwise, any other person such as myself, we probably would have whooped the bejesus out of the guy. But, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's going to happen. <laughs> but good job. Good job, Seth Rollins. All right. Moving on to the next sting. Not sting himself, but next thing. Apologize. Uh, <laughs> Beth Phoenix wanted to debut as Brock Lesnar's sister. Oh, man. Explain this to me. So uh, there's an article recently. Uh, several times they've been being pushed around uh, of Beth Phoenix talking about how when she debuted in WWE. Her original plan was to be uh, debuted as Brock Lesnar. She wanted to, she pitched that idea like, you know, why don't you, pick, you know, let me debut as Beth Lesnar, uh, Brock's, uh, I guess, older sister. I think she's either older or younger than him. I think she's younger than him. So she would have been like his kid's sister joining the company. And I guess she would have been under Paul Heyman. So she would have been a Heyman girl jumping into that company and just destroying the the locker room herself. Gotcha. And that's that's the concept which she came up with and I guess they was like, nah no, we're just gonna debut you as a friend of Mickey James that turns out to be jealous of her and you guys are just just gonna have a match. That's all. I was like Oh huh, yeah. yeah. Stupid. Stupid. But yeah, keep going. So in my mind, just exactly what you just said is, what? You know, I see how she debuted, and it's like, 
No, you know, with her ideal, imagine that they would have gone with what she pitched. Who could have stopped her? Like at that time, you could have built her off as the girl that, you know, um, you could have had her face off uh, mentor wrestlers before she got to Mickey James. Like build her up and then have her dethrone James at Mania. Just like, or at SummerSlam, exactly how Brock did to The Rock. That would have been crazy, dude. True. But there goes WWE, just like, oh, you know, let's do this instead. And, you know, fans are still going to love you. And we do, you know, nothing wrong with Best Phoenix. The character is amazing and all. But I'm like, the Glamazon would have still been as Brock Lesnar's sister. And today it would still have been crazy to see her come back in that type of, you know, strategy where, like, if Taker could have Kane as his brother, why can't Brock have Beth as his sister? Right. That's so what do you think, Tony I, I think that's, I think it's a, uh, it, it's a storyline that, again, really, uh, I could have, you know what I mean? It's a, what could have to the wrestling industry. This type of storyline would have definitely catapulted Beth in his career. It would have definitely made sense. It would have worked properly, I think, especially in the beginning, if they kept it that way. And for Beth Phoenix her, herself to uh, as well in her career, it just would have beneficial. It been definitely beneficial for her, and it kind of you know it would have been another Undertaker Kane scenario where, yeah, it's a story given to us, but again, it's a story that they could kind of you know keep under wraps in some way, shape, or form, but make it believable for the fans. You know what I mean? And I think that's a key thing to where. It, it lost. It got lost. Let's put it that way. You know, it definitely got lost. And it sucks. It sucks. It would have been a fantastic type of storyline for us to be involved in and really, really would have been pretty dope to see on screen. It would have made sense because Beth Phoenix, when she came on board, like in general herself, her body type is huge. Okay? It's like when I first saw her on when she first came out in WWE, it was like as if I was watching another China, you know, in the gym, muscle bound, you know, broad shoulders. You know what I mean? And at that, definitely, if you would have gave me a whole scenario where this is Brock Lesnar's sister, they're both blonde headed, naturally blonde headed people. Right. And it mm-hmm. wouldn't even it would have added on to the story. And it sucks. It just sucks that they lost it, man. It sucks that they, they could have had something there. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you. It sucks because Beth could have been such a big, uh, well, she is a big name, you know, but it would have been cool yes. to see her make that much of an impact as, like, I would have loved to see what she could have done as Brock Lesnar's sister, like, how they would have played it out. So it's like one of those what-if scenarios. I would love to see yeah. WWE build, build their own what-if things because there's so many what-ifs in the WWE world. Exactly. There's so many what ifs. And I think this is a big key what if because this what if right here would have definitely, again, it just would have been a cool story to hear. Period. Definitely cool story then, to hear. And then instead of the glance line, you mentioned she was doing the F5 to girls all over the company. Exactly. If she would have used the F5 for the girls, it would, it would have been even <laughs> That would have been nasty, dude. Just so you yeah. know, pick a girl up and. Boom, F5, one, two, three. Yep. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And I think 
it would have been even cooler if you would have saw them both doing the F5, practicing it, you know what I mean, behind the scenes. Like, what if there was a behind-the-scene leak, supposedly, and if WWE would have had something like that, and they put it out there, and you see both of them doing F5s on, you know, dummies or whatever, you know what I mean, or other wrestlers that they were just trying on, and stuff like that. That would have been dope to see. So, you know, it's... Uh, a lost opportunity that could have been uh, fantastic. That could have been a fantastic story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. I get you. I know what you mean. I mean, the sad thing is, I think by 22, I think, uh, which is where I think she debuted by before 23, before yeah. 23, which is the way I kind of like enumerate everything. Uh, before 23, I think by then already Vince McMahon had no competition at all. So he didn't like, in his mind, I don't think he really cares anymore. He was just like, I'm just going to toss you like this and have fans watch. But by that yeah. time, we're already getting tired and bored. Right, exactly. And I think at this point right now, it's jacked them up even worse, man. You could have had a really dope scenario, right? Just had a yeah. dope scenario. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, lost opportunities that would have been greatly appreciated by the fans, especially this one, okay? Especially this one. I would have, I particularly would have definitely enjoyed this scenario because it would have, um, it would have been dope, man. It really would have been dope to see. Another thing you got to uh, add to this though is that I think when Beth Phoenix did debut, Brock was already in UFC, so I think that's why I realized that now. Unless she was trying to come in earlier, uh, okay. with Brock being in UFC, I think that could have been a big problem with her debuting. I don't think yeah. I don't see a problem with it because Heyman could have been her mouthpiece at this time, and he still had a pretty good roster of women's wrestlers when she came in. Yes, definitely, and there was pretty decent ones. I would have to agree with you on that. There was pretty decent wrestlers that she had on board um, during that time frame, and mm-hmm. uh, you could have you just could have used it. Dope. I mean, you could have you could have you definitely could have. It sucks. It really does suck. So. That's, yeah, that's how we leave it with. We leave it with, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's me, Tori the Kid. Thank you for joining us in this Let's Talk About It episode, Grand Slam. A oh, Glen Slam. I keep want to say Grand Slam, but uh, old man tricked me and put Glen Slam. So, Glen Slam. That's the name of a finisher. Yes, yes, it is. It's the name of a finisher. I don't know who's, but that's great. That's uh, oh, okay. Got it. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> As always, thank you for tuning in. Remember to listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts all around the world and other podcasts too as well. Uh, truly appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and anywhere else that you can find us on board. All right, guys. Remember, look us up on rejectrunner.com and you'll take a look and see everything that we have that's on the web. So, Tony, Tony Kid signing off with you guys today. Thank you for joining. Old man, say, say goodbye. All right, Richard. Y'all have a good night. Y'all have a good uh, weekend. Hope y'all had a great family feast time. Hope you guys didn't pass out like I did when I was playing video games with Tony Kid and my nephew Manny. Uh, what did we nickname him? Manny Goodness. So, you know, <laughs> when Manny Goodness was here, it was pretty cool playing video games with him. He was in my team and Tony Kid was in my team and Eric was in my team. Oh, no, it was me. Yeah, it was, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. It was- me. 
Me, you, me, you, Manny. Me, you, Manny. Old man. Uh, I mean, you, you are the old man. Sorry, you, <laughs> me, Manny, and uh, Eric. Yeah, it was like us four in the yeah. team, and I passed out on these guys. It was crazy, man. Don't if you ever, you know, if you ever do anything where you got to pass out, don't play video games with your teammates because you don't want to leave them behind. That's true. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> Agreed. All right, so everybody, y'all have a good night.